With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harvin, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, with you for another episode of The Standard is the Standard. And if you checked us out normally for The Standard is the Standard, you would notice that I'm by myself. Oh my, I'm by myself. Kind of lonely. The reason why there's no Lance Williams next to me on the screen, if you're watching live on YouTube, is that Lance has an internet outage in his area, and therefore he is unable to join the program. No, he didn't flake out on us or anything like that. He has a legitimate excuse, and that's why he is not with us. But I am going to need your help. Going to need your help for this. This episode is going to be jam-packed with a lot of questions, and I'm going to need you to help with the answers. So if you're watching live on YouTube, in the live chat, get ready to answer some questions because if you looked at the headline, the title of this episode, it's time to predict the rest of the schedule for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2019. Okay, now there's going to be a lot of debate here. We're going to talk about a lot of other things as well, and I'll answer your questions since I'm by myself. I'll do a little Q&A. Absolutely help anyone that has any questions out about the team or potential issues with the team. We're going to get into all that. Before we get into the actual prediction part of the um, schedule, I do want to let everyone know that the best way you can help the program, those of you that donate money to the live chat, super chat feature, that is fantastic. I can't absolutely say how awesome it is that we have people that watch this show, that follow our channel enough that they're willing to give their hard-earned money to us in terms of saying, like, keep up the good work. That's awesome. Uh, if you don't want to donate money or you can't donate money, that's fine. There's other ways you can help us, and that's by going to youtube.com backslash BTSE Steel Steelers Radio or just search BTSE Steelers Radio. Like every video that you watch, so hit the thumbs up sign and subscribe to the channel. You know, we're at uh, 4,100 subscribers. I remember when we were talking about just getting to 2,000, and we've already doubled. So for me, that's a great way that you can help. If you don't watch us on YouTube and you listen to us in a podcast form, just an audio, if you go to iTunes or Google Play, give us a five-star or a great rating and give us a good review that really helps us with our exposure. That's how you can help the program. So just a quick sidebar there. Let's talk about some news, shall we? The Pittsburgh Steelers did have some news today. There's actually some news that's happened, I guess this happened yesterday, and that was that Camp Phenom Tuzar Skipper 
who was on the New York Giants 53-man roster, was released. And everyone said, oh boy, here we go. He's coming back to Pittsburgh. Anthony Chicklow's in some hot water off the field. Skipper could be that guy. And they don't pick him up. He clears waivers. In the meantime, the NFL commissioner, the NFL league office, puts Anthony Chicklow on the commissioner's exempt list. Now, Dave Schofield and I had a long, drawn-out conversation today. It wasn't a disagreement. It wasn't an argument. It was literally, did the Steelers put him on the list, or did the NFL put him on the list? And the answer is that the NFL put him on the list, that the Steelers cannot put someone on the commissioner's exempt list. The NFL League office, a.k.a. the commissioner, has to put a player on the commissioner's exempt list. So they had a roster spot available, and everyone said, yes, Skipper's back. No, he's not. Uh, they ended up signing uh, J. Ron Elliott, who had been with the team prior. He was one of the two players. He and Fred Johnson were released when they had to promote Trey Edmonds and Paxton Lynch before week six. He was still available. Fred Johnson got picked up off of waivers by the Cincinnati Bengals, and now Tuzar Skipper, he's on the Giants practice squad now. And so... There's no skip or return for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know that there's a lot of you listening to this and your hearts are kind of sinking a little bit. I know that one Mr. Brian Anthony Davis, who won't be listening to this show because he doesn't listen to any of our podcasts, his heart will sink a little bit. And there's a lot of people that will think about all those preseason plays. Look, Elliot at least played some already for the Steelers in the regular season. I think that He's just a guy that's been in the system. They they trust him. He's he's a good player. He's a special teams guy. If there if it come if it came down to either Skipper or Elliott, meaning they play a lot, the Steelers are going to be in trouble anyways. But really, what's happening here is that with Chicolo gone, Ola Denier is then going to be the next man up, and then all of a sudden you're going to have T.J. Watts, you know, being. Uh, whether he's going to play this week or not because of his abdominal injury. There's a lot of questions here um, going on. But as Sean Toner, I'll bring this up here, says, it appears that the Steelers value Elliott more, clearly. Uh, now, at the same time, they might not have wanted to put in a waiver claim for Skipper. Maybe you know, they just didn't really feel the need to. It's fine. It is what it is to me. You know, I, I think the bigger story is Chicolo. Uh, here's a guy that they signed in the offseason with uh, a new contract. It, I wouldn't say it was a ridiculously lucrative contract, but it was a backup outside linebacker special team role contract. And they, had, they hadn't dealt with off-field issues like this uh, all season. And now all of a sudden, in Nemecola Woodlands, he and his girlfriend get into a dispute. I'm not going to discuss what happened, what's good, what's bad, all the other stuff. All I know is that he was arrested early Sunday morning for – we'll just say conduct detrimental to the Steelers period. And so now all of a sudden he's, he's going to get paid when you're on the NFL commissioner's exempt list, you still get paid. You're allowed in the facility, but you're not allowed to practice or do anything like that. So the Steelers are basically just saying, Hey, it's out of our hands. NFL's got him. They're going to investigate. The NFL will let us know if, and when he is able to come back period. So there you go. It's going to be interesting to see how the situation pans out. In the meantime, the Steelers continue to move on. They continue to prepare for the Miami Dolphins this upcoming week on Monday Night Football. And it's a situation at Heinz Field where, like Dave said on his show last night, he, if you haven't listened to the Stat Geek, go check out that Stat Geek episode because it really was, the title was kind of ideal. Where it was, man, it was a perfect, you know, it's a perfect recipe for a Steelers win. Uh, they're at home, which they typically play better at home. They're at home on Monday Night Football, haven't lost there in, I think, since the 90s. Um, they are coming off a bye. Mike Tomlin's record is very good coming off a bye. They're wearing their color rush uniforms, which I don't believe they've lost in yet. And so that's a recipe for success, but we all know what could happen. We talked about this on uh, Sunday. Lance and I were on for a little Steelers Q&A. We said, is this upcoming game a trap game? We talked about that in detail. I basically said that, to me, a 2-4 and four team doesn't have a trap game because a 2-4 and four team is, is just that. It's a 2-4 and four team. So 
Uh, although I could see where people could see them possibly slipping up against the Dolphins, but you know, this is a, I wouldn't label it as a trap game. We'll put it that way. So, all right. There you have the news that's been going on. There hasn't been much else. I mean, Mason Rudolph is back. A lot of other injured players are starting to make their way back. Guys like Steven Nelson. Um, not sure about Mike Hilton and his foot. That's going to be one to watch. But uh, Joe Hayden, James Conner, they, they left the game, uh, you know, in the second half of that Chargers game. And they, they seem to be fine. TJ Watt, that's kind of an issue. Uh, he did not practice today from reports from players. He just ran on the sideline. This is where you get into that arrogant, confident, arrogant mode where you almost say, hey, I think the Steelers could beat him, beat the Dolphins without TJ Watt. Steeler fans that pay attention know that they've gone into those situations before and they've also not pulled off the win. We'll put it that way. So uh, even Jalen Samuels has returned to some limited practice. Of, I don't think there's probably no way he plays this week they're eyeing uh maybe a week nine return against the colts he said today in his media session that he's gonna have to feel 100 he's not there yet he's just coming off surgery so it's good to see him back on the practice field though roosevelt nicks is back i'm trying to think of a couple other players that were dinged up vance mcdonald and his shoulder james washington i'm pretty sure he's been back as well so it's all going to be interesting to see how they go and how they it, basically how healthy they are when things kind of are coming down the pike in terms of the season, this three game home stretch, which starts this Monday night against the Miami Dolphins. My goodness, it feels like it's been forever since the Pittsburgh Steelers have played. And it's only going to be worse this Sunday when they're going to have to wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. It's just going to be ridiculously difficult. Okay. Let's get to the headline, the title of this episode. And that is, Let's predict the rest of these games. They've played six. They have 10 left. Here we go. How many are they going to win? How many are they going to lose? What's their record going to be? And will they make the playoffs? Now, I was going to do this with my buddy Lance. Uh, we were really going to be talking about, you know, who he likes and who he doesn't like. But now you just get me. And some people say that I wear, I see everything through a black and gold lens. I'm going to try to be as subjective as possible. I just want to put that out there. I'm going to try to be as subjective as possible. I'm going to try to look at this from a logistics standpoint and not as a fan. And so I want to say you try to do the same thing. So we're going to go game by game. And in the live chat, if you're watching live, just put W or L for whether you think they're going to be wins or losses. All right. So here we go. Monday night, Miami Dolphins, at the Pittsburgh Steelers, I absolutely think this is a W. Absolutely. And Russ, he puts $1.99 in the tip jar and says, thanks, Jeff, for all you guys do. We appreciate you, Russ, and we appreciate everyone else. That's a very awesome thing that you're doing, giving us a little bit of cash in the tip jar. WWW, that's what I'm seeing, and that's not a web address. That's a lot of wins. Everyone's seeing the Steelers win coming off a bye, which would move their record Oh, I'm sorry. Ken says there's a loss in there. Maybe he's seeing this as a trap game. Well, who knows? So most of us are seeing this game as a win. Therefore, the Steelers would move their record to three and four. They're kind of coming out of the gutter. They're digging their way out of the hole that they've dug for themselves. But now come the tough games to pick. You have the Indianapolis Colts coming to the Pittsburgh Steelers in week nine. And so here we go. What are they doing now? How does this game go? To me, I I I don't know what it is about the Colts, but I always like the Steelers when they match up against them. Now, a lot of people, or a lot of these games, I should say, were when Ben Roethlisberger was a quarterback, and he always seemed to play well against the Indianapolis Colts. However, at home, I feel like this team... And it's going to be tough to indicate a lot of this stuff based on the fact that you still have a ridiculously young quarterback. Okay. But I like the Steelers to win this game and really surprise a lot of people. And I know there's a lot of people in the live chat right now that say that it's an L and I'm not upset about that at all because I think that they, they could definitely, this is a, a toss up game, but I'm going to take the Steelers to win this one at home and they get to 500. They're at four and four so far with my predictions. And so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. We'll see what happens. Then after that, the last of these three games at home, 
the Los Angeles Rams come to the Pittsburgh Steelers for a 425 p.m. tilt in week 10. I think this is a game the Steelers lose because I, I said this to Lance on Sunday when we were just looking at these three games. I said, if there's one team so far in this homestand that can turn it into a shootout, I think it's the Rams. Based on the fact that, for me, they although their offense has not been what everyone thought it was going to be, the Steelers are not built for shootouts in 2019. Not without Ben Roethlisberger, not without any more than and anything more than Juju Smith-Schuster on the outside as of right now. They're just not built for that. And so I think that's a loss for me. They just have too much. Uh, it's going to be even tougher with uh, Jalen Ramsey in the secondary, especially when the Steelers don't, as of right now that I've seen, have any legitimate number two wide receiver opposite of um, Juju Smith-Schuster. So I have them losing that one, which would mean they would be finishing this three-game homestand at four and five. Not the end of the world, but four and five. So they win two and lose one. Now they get into some division games, three straight division games. They start off on a Thursday nighter. So they have a 425 on Sunday. And then they have to travel to Cleveland, First Energy Stadium, for Thursday night football. This is going to be a tough one. I don't, I don't think it's going to be – I think it's tough because it's going to be a quick turnaround. They're going to have two really tough games in terms of the – uh, Colts and the Rams, and then they have to go to Cleveland. And you know that place is going to be crazy. But I still think they win. <laughs> I think this is a game that if they had been Roethlisberger, it'd be a win hands down. But I hope, and I say hope, that really the Mason Rudolph and the offense start to really mature together. And this would be kind of like their crescendo, so to speak. And so I think that they win this game. They continue to play decent in the division. It would move their division record to two and one, and it would have my overall record at five and five. So they're at 500. They're at 500, five and five. And so then they come to uh, week 11. I'm sorry, week 12. One o'clock game on Sunday against the Bengals. I think they win that one as well. I think they sweep the series. I wouldn't be shocked if AJ Green isn't even a member of the Bengals by then. And so that would move them above 500 for the first time in 2019 okay so that would move them into six and five as they get ready to host the browns again this is crazy they did this with baltimore a couple years ago it was it was, it was ravens and they had another game in the ravens again and so for me it was really interesting when i saw they're going to go thursday night browns Bengals, sunday browns and so the question now is it's a 425 game is can the steelers sweep the browns this year I don't know. That's going to be tough. I I originally thought they would split with Cleveland because I think Cleveland is a they're a streaky team and they're inconsistent, but they do have a lot of talent. I still think though that I still think they're a dumpster fire waiting to happen. I think the Steelers might win that game as well and now they're 7 and 5. 7 and 5, 12 games, 4 games left and you're looking at this stretch and you're thinking, "Man, what could they do? Their next game in week 14 is a trip out to the desert to the Arizona Cardinals. On paper, this is a situation where you would think that the Steelers would be able to win this game easily. However, Kyler Murray and company have shown signs of life. They've won three straight games as of right now. And so you think, okay, they're going out West. Maybe they kind of slayed those dragons, so to speak. I'm not so sure. I'm going to say that they drop one of the next two, and that's either Arizona or Buffalo. I'm going to say that they drop the Buffalo game and they win the game against Arizona. So if they beat Arizona, they would move to seven and five. They host Buffalo the next week, let's say seven and six. I'm going to say they lose that game. And so now they have two games left, two games left at the Jets and at the Ravens. The Bills will be their last home game of the regular season. So they're, like I said, seven and six heading into those last two. And so for me, I think they beat the Jets on the road. There's going to be a lot on the line there from an emotional standpoint, uh, going up against Le'Veon Bell especially. Because even though the players understood why he sat out last year, that doesn't mean they agreed with it. And so I think they go up there and they win, and I think that would put them at 
Um, I'm sorry. <clears throat> excuse me. That would that would basically secure a winning record for the team, and um, then it would come down to Week 17. And I don't think Week 17 is going to come down to the division, though. Uh, I just think that the division's already going to be locked up by the Ravens, and I'm not sure how that game's going to play out. I think they finish nine and seven, and I would be super happy <laughs> with nine and seven. I think they would be right there for a wild card. But when you're looking at the teams that could be vying for that same wild card, the team that they play in week 15 at home in their regular season home finale, the Buffalo Bills will probably be one of those teams right there because they are a five and one right now. They're second place in their division because the Patriots are seven and zero, and you have all these other teams that are just kind of hanging around. The Steelers can get to nine and seven. The question is for those in the live chat, is it enough to make the postseason in one way or another? That's a question. So whether you agree or disagree with what I just said, at nine and seven, do you think it is a reasonable to think a nine and seven? Like Bo chosen says it's wishful thinking. It's fine. You can think that. But is nine and seven good enough to get you into the postseason? Even if it's a wild card, just get you into the dance. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. That's something to keep an eye on. The AFC is extremely, extremely soft this year, in my opinion. It's super top-heavy. Super top-heavy. Okay, so now, thankfully, it looks like Lance Williams is back. It's kind of like when you used to hear Stone Cold Steve Austin's music. It feels, oh, my gosh, it's Stone Cold. He's back. That's Lance. Ric Flair, the heel of Behind the Steel Curtain. <laughs> so let me ask you, well, I'd like to hear your – I went through all the games. I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> Thank you. But at 9 and 7 – do you think if the Steelers were somehow able, whether you agree or disagree, does not matter, if they're able to scrape their way to nine and seven, do you think that's good enough to make the playoffs? No, I don't. And the reason I don't think it is is because the AFC East is complete trash. The Bills are five and one, and I think the Bills won't drop any more games in a division. I think the Bills will get one of the wild cards, and I think Indianapolis or Houston will get the other wild card. It's going to be interesting to see those two teams in, in the AFC South. That is the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts and how they play out. They just had a game last week, which was a pretty good one to watch, uh, where Indianapolis got the best of Houston. Let me give you my the teams I think are going to make the playoffs. Let me give you my six. Sure. I think the division winners will be, of course, the New England Patriots, that team up north. Um, I think it's going to be the Baltimore Ravens. Because I think the way it's going now, if they split with the Steelers, even if they split with the Steelers and, and, and the Browns moving forward, I think by them getting out to five and two, I think they'll probably hold on and win the division. I think the Indianapolis Colts will win the South. Kansas City will win the West. And I think the wild cards will be Buffalo and Houston. I think that's your six AFC uh, playoff teams. And I think right now those are probably the six best teams in the AFC. Well, if, if Buffalo is your sixth, I'm not sold on Buffalo. Well, I'm I've saying that Buffalo before. simply because the division is really bad. No, and no, can, I, I get it. But in terms of saying they're the six yeah. best teams, I would, I'm very questionable on Buffalo right now. They're, they're probably six. <clears throat> and they're six because of the inconsistency of the quarterback. But the defense is solid. Uh, but they, they play in a terrible division. I mean, you're playing in a division where the bottom half of your division, I think, only has one win. So the Jets are one and five, and the Dolphins are zero and six. I believe to be soon to be zero and. So that's you know you got the bottom half of your division is one and eleven. So you know if you can't beat up on the sisters of the poor and get to the playoffs with the bottom half, and plus they don't play a good schedule because they've been bad for the last few years anyway. So um, I think that's your six AFC playoff teams. So here's a couple games I wanted to get your thoughts on. I'm not going to go through everything, but like I really want to get your thoughts on Cleveland. They play them. <clears throat> excuse me, twice in three weeks, Thursday night football. Then they go to the Bengals and then they host the Browns at Heinz field in weeks. 
starting week 11. So week 11, 12, and 13, they played the Browns two times in three weeks. It's tough for me to get a feel for the Browns because you see them beat the Ravens at M&T Bank Stadium, and then you see them absolutely lay eggs every other every other week. What are your thoughts on the Steelers in that stretch? Because there's three divisional games back-to-back. That's a key stretch for the Steelers. What are your thoughts there? Well, the Browns are a bad football team. That that's my uh that's my deduction when it comes to the Browns. What are bad football teams? Bad football teams are inconsistent, highly pe- and highly penalized, and they are both of those. Now they are talented, but they are a bad football team. And to boot, they have a very bad and an average offensive line. When I look at this team, I'm trying to figure out the way they have this uh, schedule slotted out. They play. Uh, so they play the they play the Patriots uh, on the twenty seventh. That's their next game, um, and then they play the Broncos, then Bills, and so they play the Steelers after the Bills. I'm I'm going to say the Steelers will win that Thursday night game. Is that a Thursday night game, the fourteenth? Yeah, and that's in Cleveland. Yes, I think the Steelers will win that game. I think Buffalo beats the Browns up, and I think the Browns will be a beat up team on a short week playing the Steelers in that game. You know, but the Browns are so inconsistent and so bad up front. I think the Steelers have the advantage in both of those matchups, to be quite honest. I don't think they can block the Steelers' front. I've seen nothing from watching the Browns to demonstrate to me that they'll be able to deal with the Steelers' pass rush, even without Tewitt. If they had Tewitt, I would absolutely pick the Steelers to beat the Browns in both matchups, even with Mason Rudolph. If they had a healthy Ben Roethlisberger, I would say they blow the doors off the Browns in both matchups. Yeah, I'm looking at the schedule, and I mean, really, you have a stretch of games like the Indy game, the LA game, the two Cleveland games, and then the Buffalo game. I mean, you, Week 17 looms because it's the Ravens at M&T Bank. What are your what are the odds that that game has any significance for the the, the Steelers and the Ravens in terms of playoff contention? Uh, for the Ravens, I think it'll be a case of playoff seeding. Uh, you know, whether they'll yeah. be a two or a three seed. I, I think New England's going to get the one seed. I think that's, you know, unless they have an epic collapse. And, we, we, the, you know, the book is still out on New England, that team up north, even with them defensively. And I said, you know, I, I was adamant about them being the best defense in the National Football League on our last program on Sunday, and they went out and proved it by absolutely destroying the Jets, having a young quarterback on TV saying he was seeing ghosts, which is absolutely a damnation of any quarterback playing in the National Football League. That is bad. That's like akin to you being, you know, your wife catching you talking to your girlfriend on the phone. I mean, it's about that bad when it comes to playing football. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think the Steelers will be competing for a playoff spot, but I think that that game will be important because I think they will be playing to see if they can finish at 500 or better to keep the streak, Mike Tomlin's streak alive. So I think it'll be, I don't think it'll be important in that respect. It's yeah. I mean, if the Steelers can get into the postseason this year, it might be, granted, Mike Tomlin's won a Super Bowl and been to another one, it might be his greatest coaching achievement of his career considering what's happened in terms of you lose talents like Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell you lose Ben Roethlisberger in week two and you're still able to get the team into the postseason that would be amazing and not to mention a one and four start you know that's millennial of you Jeff you know that's that, that that's that's that millennial thinking look you know the only thing that matters is winning and if you don't go to the playoffs, look, I'm sorry. It was, it's, no, a, it's, a, it's I, a, I, I get, I get all that. But what I'm saying, <laughs> you, you've coached Lance. And yeah. If you coach long enough, you get teams that are just really, really good. And you don't have yes, to do to as do much. much. Yes. So when <laughs> yes, I had that to two, I had that to 2009, you don't have to say much to Troy Palomalu in the back half. Compare that to what he's dealing with today. It's a little bit different. But it's still a results business. I get it. Absolutely. 100% agree. You know, and, that, and that's that old school mentality of guys my age. Look, it's, you know, it's winner go home, man. It's winning. There's all these winning adages, right, that we all come out with. You know, I, I'm a child of the Lombardi era. You know, I, I played for Lombardi-style coaches. I played for guys that said, just win, baby. 
win or go home. There's no second place, all that stuff. And that's been firmly rooted and ingrained in me. And it would be it would be a solid job. It would not be a his best job or good job. His best job was obviously the one that resulted in a championship. Yeah. But from a coaching standpoint, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I know. What you're, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You keep tugging me. You're not going to pull me in. You're not going to pull me in. <laughs> uh, I want to take a quick aside here and mention to anyone that might have just joined the show that the best way for you to help the show out is to give this a thumbs up, to subscribe to our channel if you haven't yet, because we're trying to boost our subscriber numbers. We're over 4,000. We're actually over 4,100, and we want to get that up, and we want to help. We want your help by subscribing. If you've someone that watches the channel a lot, subscribe. Give us a, our videos a thumbs up. It does help a lot. Trust let me, me. Let me let me put some numbers to to what Jeff said, because what Jeff said is, is very important. Let's let's get us to five thousand, at least five thousand by the end of the year. I know you guys can do that, but I'm I'm thinking six thousand in my head. But I know you guys can get get us to five thousand by the end of the year. Absolutely, Steelers need to start winning some. But yeah, I think we could actually get to five thousand by the end of the season. Yeah, yeah that's only nine hundred. Y'all can make yeah. it happen. You know, Absolutely. tell a friend, tell a friend, Absolutely. tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. That's why I say it after every particular program. I mean it. So let's get that word out. So one of the nice things about this show is we've actually talked about the Dolphins a lot already. And that was on Sunday, the Steelers Q&A, where we went over the, is this a trap game? And so that's why I told Lance I wanted to do something a little bit different. Uh, we're going to preview the upcoming, the, the game uh, tomorrow night on the Steelers preview. So make sure you check that out here on YouTube around 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Lance brought up, he said, let's look at the 2020 draft picks. And not, you know, let's see, what do they have? You know, what does that maybe tell us? So as we all know, as of right now, barring a trade of Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Tomlin to Washington, the Steelers, I'm, I'm joking. Don't take the, I don't want anyone to go into Twitter saying that behind the steel curtain stating that they're going to get, no, didn't say it. Um, they don't have a current first round pick because obviously they traded it to Miami. And as of last Sunday, it was a ninth round pick, I think, or tenth round pick. I, I'll have to double check the article I wrote. So now we go to the second round. They have their regularly scheduled second round pick. So they do have a second. Third round. They don't have a third round pick right now because they traded it to the Broncos for Devin Bush in 2019. So, yes, I'm actually looking at Jeff. Jeff wrote, uh, Dave wrote the article that right. I'm looking at. Yeah, so I, I am looking at that as same article. But the Steelers are currently in line for a projected third-round comp pick if due to the departure of Le'Veon Bell. But we know what needs to happen before that. They have to cut Dante Moncrief by Week 10. If they yes. don't, if they don't, that will probably become a fourth-round draft pick. I don't know. So somebody on the live chat tallied this up. So no first. No they first. have their second. They don't have a third unless mm -hmm. they waive Dante Moncrief. So they have a second, no first, no third, right? Yes. So let's go to the fourth right. round. The Steelers have two fourth round picks in the 2020 draft. They still have their original draft choice, but they also received an additional fourth round pick from Miami as a part of the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. Um, what is not reported is if the pick that was traded to Pittsburgh was the original selection or the draft pick they received from the Titans in the Ryan Tannehill trade. So that hasn't been known yet, but the Steelers have two picks in the fourth round. So and, and it'll be a high pick from Miami. It'll be a high pick from Miami, probably at the top of the round, I would assume. But, um, but that's what Dave is saying in the article is that we don't know if that's the Titans pick. Oh, Oh, okay. So okay. we don't know when that so the, but they have two. So what's the total of now? So that is man, you didn't tell me one second. It, man. One second. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were keeping track. <laughs> one second and two fourths. So they got three picks. One second and two fourths. Okay. So we go to round five. Um Less than three weeks ago, the Steelers held two fifth-round draft picks by sending one to Josh for Joshua Dobbs. But that since then, um, <laughs> the Steelers have traded away both of their fifth-round picks. Uh, they got in order to gain the fourth-round selection from the Dolphins. They traded away one of their fifth, 
round picks. Additionally, the Steelers traded their other fifth round selection to Seattle for Nick Vanette. It's unclear which pick went to which team in the trades, but either way, the Steelers have no selections in the fifth round. <laughs> oh my gosh! So wow, wow, yeah, this is <laughs> wow. I I didn't think that peeling back this apple or onion. What that, you know? I'm terrible with cliches. Um, the cliche killer. I did not think that this would be this illuminating. So going into the sixth round, the Steelers have three draft picks. Three known. Now, there's assuming there's a fourth because they will get a comp pick for Bell. It's just whether it's a third or a fourth round pick. Okay. okay. So the six and round six and seven, the Steelers currently possess both of their selections in the sixth and seventh rounds of the 2020 draft. So they haven't traded away the sixth or the seventh round picks yet. Okay. So one sixth, one seventh. Two more picks. Yep. And a, and a potential. So they got five. So they got five picks. So they have a potential third or fourth from Mr. Butt Naked and Rob. Yeah. All right. You know, here's the thing. With that being said, Dante Moncrief, He's got or if we've labeled him Dante Moncrief, is going to get waived. They have to they have to attain more draft assets. He's going to get waived. Uh, acquiring if if Le'Veon Bell and it's going to be hard for Le'Veon Bell the contract is going to help them in terms of determining the compensation value for that comp pick in terms of what the Steelers get but his production is not he is not going to produce like a top tier free agent because the Jets are trash and he's getting hammered in a run game. So he, you know, he's not going to go out there and have 1,500 yards and 15 touchdowns and get 2,200 yards from scrimmage. Like, he's not going to do that. It, had he done that with his contract, he would be a third-round selection guaranteed. But he's not going to have the production numbers. So it's going to be interesting. I, I would think it's going to be a fourth. Well, Whether Dave, it's a Dave is saying now that it's a third or nothing. That I guess I had gotten some bad information that it would turn into a fourth based on the fact, but he's saying due to his um, calculations and his understanding of the equation that it's a third round pick or it's nothing. In that case, it's a no brainer. Yeah, you got to cut Moncrief. I mean, you got to, you, you, you have to cut him. So that's when you say, yeah, you, you say thanks for the jokes and we'll see you later. Yeah, you know, what's I, there's a saying that my friend has that I'm, of course, forgetting. It's about the gumball head or something. Um, <laughs> and uh, I forget what it is. Uh, yeah, kick rocks, buddy. He has to go. I mean, because right now you're sitting with five picks. You have to get into the third round. Um, this is very interesting for them. This is not typical for them. Um, I can only remember one draft where they had this few amount of selections. And I think that was the draft with um, uh, Troy Palomalo and Ike Taylor and Ivan Taylor. I think they only had maybe five draft picks. I know Dave could look it up, but I think they had five draft picks in, in, in that class as well. But this is weird for them. No first round picks. Obviously, they haven't done that for probably since I've been alive, which is close to 50 years. Um, only one second round pick. If you could get a couple of thirds, it could possibly mitigate that somehow. If you could have one second and two thirds and that fourth, maybe that helps. But um, yeah, this this is uncharted waters for the Steelers. But I think we've started to see some of the fruits with Minka, and we've seen that that defense is starting to round out into a defense that can't be dominant. I mean, if you guys want to check out the yeah, I said it about the Steelers defense being close to being dominant. Yeah, uh, yeah, sort of. Uh, check that show out. That's the last show from last week. There are signs that it is turning in that direction, but who, from a draft perspective, for all you draft Knicks out there, you're not going to enjoy just having five picks. It's going to really hurt the site, too, when you have a first-round pick and all those mock drafts come out, and it's like, and the Steelers don't have a pick. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this talking about Moncrief got me thinking it's a name that typically gets brought up what would it take for you to go out and try to get someone like Des Bryant nothing I would never try to get Des Bryant okay what but, if Josh what if Josh Gordon's healthy it's a name that's going through a no, lot no, of a lot of because no, no, no. he's technically 
He was released. He's on by, IR. He's right. on IR though. But if the if the Patriots reach an injury settlement with him, he would be able to return this year to a team. So my question is though, in terms of player, it could be anybody. Would you go and kick the tires of somebody like that if it meant just giving him a chance? What was that saying back in the day? That drug campaign, uh, drugs are a terrible waste or something. What was that? What was that campaign? I'm, of course, I'm messing that up again. <laughs> what was that? What was that campaign? Um, whatever. I mean, yeah, you, the the brain is guys, a terrible thing to waste. Yeah, it, yeah, the brain is a terrible thing to waste. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. But I guess I mixed that with drugs and brain. Anyway, my original <laughs> you one. Said, you said drugs are a terrible thing to waste. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm, see I'm, te- I'm terrible with this. But <laughs> needless to say. I'm glad that 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 he is it, it seems to have gotten his life on the right track, but they don't need that type of uh, individual in the locker room. Plus, he's an average football player. Yeah. So they need they need to like, look, they only got five draft picks. They need to give all five for A.J. Green. Let's just let's just <laughs> not have a draft pick. Give all five for A.J. Green. And, so, and solve that problem immediately. He's hurt so much, though. That's the thing. I mean, he's always hurt. He's got those foot and ankle issues. I don't know if I would even give up a ton for that. I think looking at Andy Dalton does not make him a slow healer. He's like the reverse Wolverine, where he's a slow healer. The Red Rocket. Yes, his mutant power is not quick healing. When he looks at the red rocket, it's slow <laughs> healing. It's like, look, let me just get these checks because this team is terrible. We got a rookie quarterback. We got a rookie coach that doesn't know what he's doing. Um, uh, yeah, he's not healing fast anytime soon. I guarantee you if somehow he was in a Steeler uniform, he'd be running routes on Thursday. Uh, maybe. He, he, He'd heal up real quick, just like Jalen Ramsey did. All of a sudden, Jalen Ramsey's <laughs> back injury wasn't was gone. He was starting. I want to know if he actually did if his if his wife girlfriend had the baby because remember she was gone for paternity leave, and like I didn't see any photos or anything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, he never had any Twitter pictures. These guys run their mouth about everything. It's it would be very interesting. They'd be silent about his wife or girlfriend having a baby. No. That that dude was there was a wink wink nah nah dude we're gonna move you and we don't want you to get hurt to to minimize what we can get for you in the open market let's just all agree to let you keep getting paid we're gonna move you just say you have an injury but let me go back to that draft that I was talking about in that draft with Troy Palomalu they did draft I'm surprised I remembered this they did draft five guys Troy. Alonzo Jackson. Yes. Ike Taylor. Brian <laughs> St. Pierre. Mm-hmm. We all love him. From Boston and, College. Yes, he was. And JT Wall running back in the seventh round. They had a first round pick, a second round pick, a fourth rounder, a fifth, and a seventh round pick. Now, that just goes to show you just because you have a lot of picks. It still means you've got to pick the right guys. You know, in that draft, they got Troy Palomalo and Ike Taylor, two stalwarts that played in their secondary for years. They were drafted in 03, one retired in 20, they both retired in 2014. So it's not, you know, it ain't where you're from, it's where you're at, like Rakim said. It's not how many picks you have, it's who you select. Absolutely. And it's going to be, um, Different because this year they had, I want to say, nine draft picks, I think, uh, in 2019. And shockingly, they all made the team except for two. And that was Sutton Smith and Derwin Gray, the seventh-round lineman from Maryland. So it'll be interesting. And Dave brings up, too, that they they did have more picks going into that, but they traded up to get Troy Palomala. So 
Good move. Just like when they traded up to get Devin Bush. Good move. <laughs> you are the man. You are the man, Dave. I mean, excuse me, Jeff. You are the man. I mean, you picked, you had the correct number of draft picks, and you knew the guys that did not make the team. That's stellar work there. Sutton Smith was the camp darling. Oh, yeah. And Derwin Gray was a tackle that they took from Maryland that had absolutely no chance to make the roster. Well, in Sutton Smith's case, you can't make the club from the tub because he was hurt all of all of training camp. Yep. I mean, that's unfortunate for those guys like that. You know, these guys have aspirations and dreams, and then their body goes out at the wrong time. You know, hopefully I, he can get healthy. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. Hey, do you have your uh, spreadsheet up of all the stats for the season by chance? I can bring that up while you – I'm curious something. about the Steelers offense, and I want to get your thoughts on a couple things in terms of essentially really looking at points per game, where they are now and where we think they need to be for them to really resurrect this season. So do you have those numbers? Now, okay. now what does resurrect let, let what does resurrect mean for this season? I'm talking they have a they have a win aspirations five hundred or better. Five hundred or better. So they're eight and eight or better. Let me go to points. I, I, I'm pretty sure they're averaging less than 20. Because in they, yeah, they're averaging less than 20. Because for me, I look at this and say, oh, they're not. If they can get, if they can get to eight and eight, they're going to be at least in the discussion in the final four games for a playoff spot. That's just to me, in my opinion. That's just the way the AFC is this year. It's so top heavy. It's ridiculous. So. I think I got my numbers right. I don't want to check the scores with you. Nobody wants to hear that. But I think right now, and somebody on a live chat can check, I think the Steelers are averaging 20.5 points per game, and they are giving up 21.8 points per game. So they are a minus 1.3 in terms of scoring differential. That will absolutely have to improve. For them to get to 8-8 eight and eight, or even I to think compete for a playoff spot, they'll have to be at least a plus three in, in point differential. They'll have to at least beat teams on average by three points, in my opinion. Okay, so you said there are 20.5 points per game right now? Yes, and they're giving up 21.8. Okay, and that's with, the, that's with that 20.5. That's a lot better than I thought it was because you got to forget, people forget they only scored three points in week one. So, yeah, that's 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 the problems. They scored they scored the uh the three points. They've been over 20 in every game except for that one game. So they scored 26 against the Seahawks, 20 against the Niners, 27 against the Bengals, 23 against the Ravens, and 24 against the Chargers. If you take out that Patriot game, and I can do that uh I can do that really quickly here. Well, why why you do that? Think to yourself, like, what's the watermark that you want the offense to get to? I know you're talking about point differential, and that does matter. I'm not degrading that that's, at all. That's, that's, that's 24 points a game. If you take away the three. Okay. If you take away the three. If you just average the other games, you take out the Patriot game, that's 24 points a game. Okay. So my question is, like, what's the watermark for you for them, for you to say that this offense has kind of turn the corner, not that they're going to be some powerhouse, not that they're going to be some of the elite offenses in the league, but in terms of the watermark for what you're saying, this is this offense can get the job done. I think it's where it is. I think it's 24 points a game. I so think they, it's what okay. they've done over the last five games. I think it's on the defensive side of football. The defense has to continue to give up less points because to put it on the offense – to, to score much more than 24 points per game with with a, a very inexperienced quarterback, I think is tough. This defense is going to have to start getting that 21.8 points per game down. I mean, they've given up 33, 28, 24, 26, and 17. I mean, they've given up over 24, 24 points or over four times this year. They're going to have to get that down where it's going to have to be like 17, 18, you know, maybe 21, 20, 17. Yeah, they're going to have to start getting, uh, you know, the, the points per game down in, in, in the teens, not in the 20s, if they want to win some games. So I, I'm looking forward at this Dolphins game. I mean, they need to keep that Dolphins offense down to 
less than 13 points. Which do you think this would be a very that would be a really good elixir? The fact that it's the Dolphins and they have such a horrible offense. I think that I actually saw a statistic on Twitter today from the NFL matchup on ESPN Twitter handle that said that the Miami Dolphins have the worst red zone defense in the National Football League. I think in the Steelers, actually, their red zone defense is fifth best. I didn't realize that. Um, but they have one, they have the worst red zone defense. So in terms of the offense getting right, then I absolutely think that this is a team that they can get right on. You know what I mean? In terms of scoring some points, not settling for field goals, stuff like that. Yeah. Is somebody wrestling in the background? Sound like somebody got somebody someone got dropped. <laughs> someone dropped something. No. Somebody got slammed off the top rope. Whoa. <laughs> no, someone dropped something in the other room. DDT so, in the background. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so okay. Uh let's let's go ahead and do our predictions for this Monday night. We haven't done that yet. We talked a lot about the game on Sunday. If you want to listen to that, go back and listen to the Steelers QA. Uh, but essentially, I think the spread, the Steelers are 14 and a half point favorites at home on Monday night football. So Lance. Let me just pause. Go ahead. Listeners, do you realize like I this is something that Dave would have to look at or or some degenerate gambler that's in the live chat. I know we have one or two. Riddle me this. When is the last time that a team that is multiple games under 500 with two wins is a 14 point favorite? Like th- this that's how bad the Dolphins are. Like, I've never seen – I can't recall seeing this ever in my life watching football, that a two-win team is a two-touchdown favorite. That's how bad Miami is. And guess what, Jeff? They're going to cover it. Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? They are going to blast the Dolphins on Monday night. Off of a bye, that team – who's clearly packed it up and quit, that is not trying to win, they are going to blast that team. The reason why is I think with Rosie Nix coming back, they can run the ball better in the red zone so they can convert some of those red zone trips into touchdowns. I just think with the rest, them coming back, this is a get-right game to really get everything on track. And I think this is the perfect opportunity for them to turn Mason Rudolph loose. Let me just say this. I'm excited for Roosevelt next to come back as much as everyone else, but uh, I want to mention this, and that is that I'm not going to be excited for him as a fullback until they actually use him because we haven't seen him since Mason Rudolph and Devin Devlin Hodges have been inserted in the lineup for obvious reasons. But when Ben Roethlisberger was there, they did not use him at all. Only in specific situations, typically goal line, did you see 45 go on the field as a fullback. Maybe that'll change because Roethlisberger's not there. And if they start to use him more, I will be all about it. But does that make sense? Because they just don't use a fullback that much. They run it out of the shotgun all the time. Yeah, it'll, 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 I think you're absolutely right. I think you hit the, the nail on the head there. If, 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 they're look, if they look like they did in San Diego really run heavy, I think you'll see a lot of them. Um, yeah. You know, but I think it's more so of a red zone thing. I, I think when they need to run the ball in the red zone, I, I think that's where I think he can pay off. He His hands are okay, but I think he's a banger in the red zone to get, you know, because I think, let's, let's take, for example, in the San Diego game, you know, after, um, what was the Rock's signature move in wrestling? Well, he did rock bottom, and he also did the people's elbow. Well, you saw when, when the linebacker what's, what's what's linebacker's name from uh, from the San Diego when he did the rock bottom on James Connor, and James Connor went out with the bad hip. Uh, I think in the third, well, Thomas he, Davis, yeah, Thomas yeah, yeah, Davis Senior, he hit he hit James Connor with the rock bottom, um, and they were in the red zone, and and James Connor got stuffed a couple of times. They had to settle for a field goal. I think in a situation like that. You bring Rosie Nix as a banger, as a lead blocker, I think they score a touchdown. And it's the little things like that where you can get the extra three points where that game isn't as close as it turned out being. That's where I think Rosie Nix 
um, solidifies that team. And also, I think he solidifies them on special teams where that defense can get teams off the field and get that offense to extra possession, so on and so forth. So, you know, they need to go to town on Miami. If they don't beat Miami half to death, you should be down on this football team. Okay. So you what did you did you say your final score? I know you said they would cover, but did you say a, a score prediction? Pain. Oh, come on, <laughs> Clubber Lang. What's uh, your prediction? I'm thinking, uh 28 10. 28 to 10. Okay. Or I maybe too... 28-6. Okay, that's fine. I think this is a game I, I predicted on Sunday that Mason Rudolph would go for over 300. I still think that'll happen. Um, I think the defense is going to really buckle down. Ryan Fitzpatrick does not scare me. Uh, they've seen him a lot over the course of his career, whether it was with the Jets, with the Bills, with the uh, Bengals, Tampa Bay last year. So for me, I'm going to say that the Steelers win. I'll say that they cover as well, but I don't think it's going to be like a blowout cover. I think that they'll win in terms of, the overall spread. I think the Steelers win. I think they put up over 30. I'm going to go with 33 to 33, 13. So I think they win by 20. I think that it's, you know, 33, 13. Here's the thing. How many turnovers do you think the Steelers will get on defense? Cause that's where it could get ugly. Right. Like if, they, if they can, if they can get sacks, if the trends continue, they get sacks. Dolphins give them up. They are now ball hawking on the back end. That's where it could get ugly, where, uh, you know, Fitzpatrick puts the ball into some dangerous places because he's under duress, under pressure. That's where this game could really get ugly because I, I think the offense will move the ball. But I think if it gets ugly to the point where we're predicting, it's because of turnovers. I think they come out of this game with at least three turnovers and four sacks. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I was going to say two, but I was going to say six sacks. I, was, I think they're going to get to the quarterback. Well, I don't think Fitzpatrick's going to try to force his hand. Um, I think he's a smart enough guy that he sometimes just realizes that it's just, just take the sack, you know, live to play another day take the sack and have, and have a, another shot at it. So I'll say two turnovers, uh, one of them being a forced fumble. And then we'll have uh, the Steelers will have six sacks of the quarterback on Ryan Fitzpatrick. So there you have it, folks. Take it to the bank. Take the Steelers, giving the points at home, Monday Night Football, wearing the color rush, Lance. Don't forget they're wearing the color rush. On you know I gave away my color rush jersey. Oh, that was a brown jersey. That's right. Yeah, Mr. Butt Naked and Rob. I cannot have that. No, no, grace. no. That's Mr. Third and Fifth. No, that's right. Mr. Third and Fifth. I could not have that grace my body. I had to give that away. <laughs> Interestingly enough, I gave it to a Raider fan when he was a Raider and he was going to do some design with it. And But now he's not a Raider. So I asked the Raider fan, what did he do with the jersey? And the Raider fan gave it to Goodwill. Well, there you go. Good for Goodwill. I guess yes. if someone wants that um, for me, I'm probably not going to wear a Jersey. I'm, I'm a superstitious guy. I'm going to wear what I wore last time. I believe her shirt and we're going to ride that thing till it dies. So that's what you do when you're superstitious. So uh, there yes. you go. He'll be throwing salt over his shoulders too on the show. Isn't that a superstition? Yeah. You... If you spill the salt, you throw that's, that's like the scene in dumb and dumber where they're on the trip and Harry knocks over the salt and he says, Harry, you idiot. We're going across country. It's bad luck. Throw salt over your shoulder. And he takes the salt shaker and throws it over his shoulder and hits. See, see Jeff, I was listening to our last show last week when we were talking about <laughs> movies and 
I, I don't I don't want to bash your movie choices, but there's a theme here. <laughs> I don't like to think. Okay, I like <laughs> movies that are simple that make me laugh that I enjoy watching, like that, like Bull Durham. But I know that's what you're referring to when I was talking about Nuke Lelouch. Is I just like those type of movies. I, I'm not a big overthinker guy, you know. I bet you saw The Mask, huh? Well, of course. I, mean, I was a huge Jim Carrey fan as a, as a kid. See, I, yeah. Ace Ventura, The Mask. All um, that, yeah. See, all yeah. those. Yeah, they're great. That's what, what I grew up with. What about Slapstick? That's my favorite sports movie, actually. Slapstick or yes. Slapshot? Uh, wasn't it Slapstick? The old 70s movie about the twins that play with Robert Redford. For oh, the my gosh. Team. Slapshot, dude. That is... Oh, oh Slapshot. <laughs> hey, I'm consistent. Slap shot. I thought it was slap stick. <laughs> but that's my favorite sports movie. But although I didn't get the you title love it right. so much, you didn't get the title right. Because <laughs> I was laughing so much, I didn't get the title right. <laughs> my gosh! And the uh, fish to save Pittsburgh. And the fish to save Pittsburgh. Those are my two favorite sports movies. Doctor J and Julius Irving. Because much of that movie was filmed in parts of my neighborhood. So I love the fish to save Pittsburgh. Trade me. Trade me oh, anyway. I mean, I can. There, there are certain movies that I can talk. I, I know the words to. I, I can recite lines to them. Like Major League is one of those. Um, you know, I grew up. We would watch the same movies just over and over again. We'd have them on VHS. My brother and I would watch them, and so there you go. Um, yeah, are you, are you excited for the Star Wars movie to come out on Christmas? I, I was going to ask Absolutely. Dave. No doubt, absolutely. I went to see the movie in 1977 in the movie theaters. So absolutely, that's hey, that's me. That's my age group. I mean, yes, I'm dating myself. I went to see Star Wars in 1977 in the movie theater. Yes, I did, which was quite a few years before Jeff graced yeah, the planet. Even graced this earth. It's been better yes. ever since. Um, Dave Schofield says, "Did you get your tickets for Star Wars yesterday? Look at him! Uh, in that, no. Look at him in that goofy helmet! Oh my god! No, 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 no! My theater by my house—it it won't be packed like that. I can go day of. I think we're all going to go Christmas. Go watch some good old intergalactic space violence. Oh my gosh! I could think of a million things better to do with my time and money. Anyways, is watch uh, <laughs> Dumb and Dumber again? Yes." <laughs> So you're saying there's a chance. All right. So snowman, <laughs> he puts $2 in the tip jar and he says, uh, will Randy meaning Feetner, the offensive coordinator, will he let Mason Rudolph throw deep? Against I think Miami? he will. He will. I think, I think they feel as if Miami. it depends on the game, how the flow of the game is going. But I think they look at Miami and feel like this is a game where they can get him right, get him some confidence and get him really trying to challenge a depleted Miami secondary. However, it's not as if the Steelers wide receiving core um, is world beating, but I think even against Miami, um, they have Xavier Howard, who's a solid player, but I think again, Miami is just bad. If you're not going to throw deep and do everything that you want to do against Miami, you just aren't going to do it. I agree with you. If you're not going to throw deep against the Dolphins, I'm not sure who you're going to. I have to say that, um, some of these live chat comments right now are hysterical. <laughs> Let's see if I can. people are saying how like uh what Jeff watches depends on if his kids are Nick or Disney kids, which by the way, my kids are Disney kids. Um that's oh they, I, and I'm Disney. going to subscribe to the new Disney service, the new Disney streaming service. What is that? That that's coming out. I can't remember the name, but they have a great new series, and I know uh Dave knows about called the Mandalorians. So that that's probably why I want to uh yeah. Yeah. Jeff people people uh, saying that I've watched Nick at Night. Nick at Night used to be awesome by the way. And I did watch that <laughs> a lot as a kid. Um and then I love what the Joker said. Lance is busy. He'll be in the strip club. <laughs> no, I no, no. Though no, that that's the younger Lance Williams. I, I don't give off I don't give my hard earned money to those any any longer. But there was a time that I did and I am not, I, I, hey, it is what it is. I lived in Atlanta for a time. And if you lived in Atlanta during the 90s, you would have been doing the same thing. <laughs> Lemon pepper wings, brother, at lunchtime. Oh, you were you a lunchtime, you were a lunchtime crew? Lunchtime, lemon pepper wings. 
<laughs> I have often wondered who are the people that go to strip clubs at lunch, and now hey. I'm talking to one. This well, here's is fantastic. the thing: I have so you many questions. You didn't necessarily <laughs> go for them. I mean, actually, in Atlanta, that's where you got the best lemon peppers. Was in was in strip clubs. Okay. So if you wanted to get good lemon pepper wings, you had to hit strip spots. I mean, if you lived in Atlanta, you would understand. You would understand the culture of hot Atlanta in the nineties. <laughs> I have so many questions off air for you as a <laughs> strip as the strip club goer in the middle of the day. <laughs> I've always wondered who goes to these places. No, you actually you, just go to eat. Like you don't really go for them. You go to eat and you just kind of leave, drop a tip, and you bounce. <laughs> I mean, it's it was really for food. Like it wasn't. I mean, you had seen all that before. I mean, it was twelve. It was middle of the day. You got a project a meeting at like one thirty. Like. Can't come back in the office with glitter. It's like can't can't do that. Just go for the wings, man. Oh my no. gosh, we just went from Disney Junior to strip clubs in the middle of the day in the drop. And glitter, the hat, folks. That's and why this is the flagship. All yes. right, that's why this is the flagship. Hopefully, we'll still be monetized. But um, <laughs> I'll have to manually request a review to let us monetize this episode. <laughs> it's like, huh. Okay. All right. Well, I think we've kind of gone full circle here. I'm, I'm glad that you're able to join us uh, there, Lance, and get your thoughts out on this week. So um, why don't you send us off the way you normally do? Before I send us off, big up to Rodney Lyles, Freak Nick. Yes, he understands. He understands what, what the 90s were about. He gets it. <laughs> and with that, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. Yes, yes. Like this video. Subscribe to the channel. 5,000 is the goal by the end of the season. Thanks, Lance, for your time. We won't be back until Monday night after the Steelers play. And Lance will be back twice this weekend. For all those people that love to hate Lance, you're going to love this weekend. Saturday and Sunday, nothing but Lance Williams on Behind the Steel Curtain Radio. I know. Yes. <laughs> all right, Lance has to go watch Slapstick. I will talk to you all later. We'll see you Friday night for a Steelers Q&A. Have a good one. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.